This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time now to turn our attention to the United States. And of course, Omicron making headlines there as well with the world on high alert over this coronavirus variant. What is the U.S. doing to prepare themselves, especially during this holiday season? We've also got U.S. President Joe Biden's plans for a virtual summit of democratic countries. Well, uh, China and Russia are a bit angry about it. And uh, the Biden administration will take another try at reviving that Iran nuclear deal. On the line to talk about this and more, Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McLarty Associates. Steve, good morning. How are you? I'm recovering from my too much Thanksgiving turkey, but otherwise really good. Mm. I I bet you, Steve, on Friday when you saw news about this Omicron variant, first words out of your mouth were, thank God I went home when I did. (laughs) Yeah, back in... (laughs) Back in August, I no no travel for the for the next month or so back to the U.S. or anywhere, uh, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, we take whatever opportunities we can get, right, and then leave the rest to nature. Apparently, it's telling us that uh, well. It isn't time, and it isn't time to declare Freedom Day yet. Uh, Most travelers, of course, from eight Southern African countries will be barred entry to the U.S. as well after Omicron was identified there. Let's talk about how the U.S. is dealing with this. How exactly will this pose a new challenge for President Biden? He's already been struggling to get Americans vaccinated. Well, I think I think the the overarching approach right now for the United States is to be better safe than sorry when it comes uh, to to the to the new variant and its potential to really harm, you know, both the health of Americans and the and the economy of, of the United States. So the the variant isn't in the United States uh, officially yet, although the presumption is that it is there. Um, but the U.S. is already going through a bad COVID period right now when it comes to weather and when it comes, you know, to the, the increasing cold and winter, winter upon us uh, almost. And when it comes to the, you know, people getting together for the holidays and New York has more COVID today than it had at the peak of COVID in terms of transmissions in April of 2020. So it's bad. Uh, even without this variant, yeah, there's a. It's been there's a state of emergency has been declared there. Um, I, how how did this happen, Steve? Because if anything, the New Yorkers were the ones who uh, got vaccinated first, and they were the most vaccinated among other states. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's the it's the fact that you still have too many unvaccinated people, even though New York is up to almost ninety percent. Uh, mm. vaccinated with a single shot, at least for, okay. for the adults in New York state. Um, but that's why the, the, you know, and I think state of emergency sounds a little bit worse than it is. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a legal term where the governor can order uh, state agencies to take appropriate action to work with local governments like hospitals and, and putting off non-essential treatments to try and protect the hospitals and make sure there's enough hospital beds uh, if we do get this fifth COVID wave. So it's not as bad as it sounds, but again, it's, it's getting ready. Mm. Should the measures be more stringent? I mean, at this point, what would be successful in containing a potential surge in cases, especially during the upcoming holiday season? Unfortunately, it's simple. It's get vaccinated, and if you're already vaccinated, get boosted. Uh, and not enough Americans have done that. Um, maybe this will get some more Americans who, who haven't been vaccinated yet to realize uh, that, look, this is about the science. This isn't about individual freedoms. 
Uh, it's about protecting everybody else and, and get vaccinated. But, boy, we are so polarized. And you see it not just in the United States. You see it in Australia. You see it in Europe. Um, where you don't get the, the people doing what they need to do to prevent the fifth wave from coming. And that's just get back to This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. All right, uh, Steve, um, there's another issue we're looking at where the Secretary of State in the United States, Anthony Blinken, recently praised South Africa's scientists for the quick identification of this Omicron variant and uh, the transparency in sharing this information. Uh, any effect we're seeing, uh, like, you know, uh, indirect shot at China, uh, perhaps uh, they have reacted to it. Uh, what's being discussed between the U.S. and South Africa? How close are they working together on this? Well, I think this, the scientists are working very closely because this, if if this variant does uh, evade the existing vaccines, or uh, it's something that that the you know the, the the pharmaceutical companies need to know right away so that they can adjust the vaccines if needed. So, by all accounts, there's been great transparency and communication uh, between South Africa and in the United States, and then in other countries, you know, WHO. Um, but in a way, this hurt South Africa because South Africa did such a good job of identifying the variant and going very public with it and going to the WHO. It resulted in, in the travel bans and hurting their economy. So there, there should be some recognition that because South Africa did the right thing, they shouldn't only get the negative of doing that, but that they should be somehow rewarded for being transparent and open. Mm, certainly, and that's something that ought to be encouraged across the world. Yes. Uh, also, I think there's something else on President Joe Biden's plate that's worthy of discussion. His plan for a virtual summit of democratic countries under scrutiny, a rare joint opinion article by the ambassadors of China and Russia, called it an evident product of its Cold War mentality. Talk to us about this. What was the motivation behind this? And could it actually backfire, stoke ideological confrontation, or even create new dividing lines in the world? Well, you know, this is something that that was part of Biden's campaign pledge, uh, you know, before he became president, Um, and that there's a rise in autocratic governments uh, around the world um, and that President Biden wanted to bring together countries um, to share best practices, to put together plans on how you defend against authoritarianism, how you address and fight corruption, how you promote respect for human rights. Uh, and look, you, you look at what happened, you know, here in, in Southeast Asian Myanmar, you know, where you had a, a, a democratically elected government, uh, you know, overthrown with a, a military junta. Um, so th- this is a real issue that does need to get addressed. Um, and clearly countries like China and Russia uh, do not want to see, you know, a, a, a global approach to, to addressing those concerns that President Biden has. Now, whether it ends up backfiring, we'll, we'll have to find out. This is going to be one of two um, that's going to take place. Uh, there's going to be a follow-up next year as well. 
Uh, Steve, we talked about this when it was a different presidential administration, and looks like we're talking about it again, the Iran <laughs> nuclear deal. I suspect we'll have a different tone. Uh, so what we understand is they're going to try and revive this deal, the Biden administration. Uh, there will be talks in Vienna today. Uh, and the U.S. is saying that if uh, diplomacy fails, they're prepared to use other options. Okay, well, what do they mean by other options? And, you know, what are the odds that this can finally go through after, after all this time? Well, it, it's where we're, we're, you know, this ties in a little bit to that previous story, because this is where, you know, the Trump approach was the United States is going to be unilateral in all of its actions. And it is going to, uh, you know, it's going to leave Paris. It's going to leave the Iran deal. It's going to leave all of these multilateral attempts to, to, to provide solutions to global challenges. And Iran and its nuclear program is one of the top geostrategic risks the world faces. Um, and so coming back to the table is, is, is appropriate. Um, the Iran, the sanctions against Iran, the U.S. has, has, has reimposed, has very much hurt the, the country, hurt the economy. Uh, Iran wants those sanctions lifted. The U.S. is saying we're not lifting any sanctions until, until you make your commitments on your nuclear program. So I don't know that we're any further ahead than we were uh, we're certainly further behind than when Donald Trump pulled out, but I don't know how much ahead we are uh, uh, right now, given given the, the loggerheads the two sides are at. Mm, for sure. Uh, thank you very much for your analysis, Steve. Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates. You take care and stay safe, yeah, Steve? You too. Next time we find some more positive stories. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Let's hope so. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.